Welcome back to Soccer in the States. Sorry I've not been uh, posting in for a while, I've been busy. I'll have some news for you guys soon regarding that. Uh, but today's episode uh, was recorded in Miami Beach, Florida with my one of my best mates, Jamie Highcock. Uh, we sat down, we had a good conversation. Jamie is the head coach of William Penn University for both men and women. Should say he's the director of soccer, I guess. It'll be one of his new titles. Uh, really good guy. We spoke about uh, how his journey got him to the United States, his experience of playing with a very successful Tyler Junior College side, moving on to play at the same school as that I played at, Benedictine College, his experience of there, and how he then transitioned into being a college coach. Uh, things that the experiences and, and different times we've shared together over the years and had some good advice and, and good points on some anyone that, that's a young coach, a young aspiring coach. He really spoke uh, very, I think, very intelligently about some good advice to do for different things and, and if you want to be a successful coach, how best to do that. Uh, this will be the last episode that's sponsored by Mirad.com. Uh, we've done a five package deal, so Mirad.com for all your skincare needs. Guys, go to this site, it's class, you get a lot of good skincare. Sort out those cherry pies, don't like the wrinkles, don't like the forehead cracks. You can't look after your hair with Mirad, but you can look after the face. Mirad.com, use code JohnnyFootball5, gets you 10% off at checkout. Alright, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or you're interested in having a chat, reach out to me. And hope you enjoy. Bye-bye. And we're live. Welcome to Soccer in States. Myself, Johnny Clifford. Today I'm with Jamie Highcock. Jamie is the head men and women's soccer coach at William Penn University, which is an NAIA school in Iowa. Jamie, thank you for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having me today. No problem. Uh, so we're actually down in Miami right now. This is we're doing this is live from South Beach. We're dealing with this one today. We're uh, we came down here for a little recruiting event and. Uh, any time we get together, try and have a good time, and we've managed to squeeze in a little a little podcast. So, Jamie, to start off today, for anyone that doesn't know you, let's just kind of describe, you know, your life growing up in Portsmouth. Like, tell me a little bit about your family and how you first got involved in, in soccer and things like that. I think growing up in England, uh, soccer is a way of life, and you know, I started just from a very young age, about eight or nine, just just with some friends, and you know, one thing that soccer or football you know what I call it is it unites people and you know you've quickly just started playing with your friends and my best friends in life and everything has, has come through football and soccer and yeah then obviously played at you know various levels in England and you know then got released by a club in, in England and, and got in contact with an agency that sends players to America and you know come over to play college soccer in America for one semester or, or one season, however you want to word it, and uh, still here ten years later. So yeah. Um, how, how and how did that kind of all come about? Like, had that had been something that you'd been thinking about for years, or was it someone that kind of approached you with the opportunity to come to America? Like, a lot of people, you know, back home are interested to know like how that kind of process all happened. I guess it's unique for everyone, but how did that process work for you? Um, I always, I'd never been to America before I'd come here 
to play soccer, but I was always interested and intrigued by America. Um, and honestly, it just came about from a conversation with a friend who was looking to come to America, and he said, I know the agency, and then I got put in touch with the agency, and I flew up to Scotland um, and played in one of the trial games, and then I went up to Chelsea's old training ground at Cobham, and did uh, played a few games there, and the games got filmed, and then sent out to college coaches, and ended up in Texas. So you originally ended up at Tyler Junior College in Texas, right? That was the your kind of first starting point in America. How uh, obviously a very very successful junior college. How how was that experience? I guess kind of breaking it down from when you first arrived there. You know, getting on the training field. Did you have any preconceptions about how the game was and how it would be in the in the states? And then how I guess how did that surprise you? When you when you first arrived, it was very surprising. I mean, Texas is <laughs> if you've never been to America and you get dropped off in the middle of Texas, it's a big culture shock. Obviously, the heat in the middle of August it was like nothing I've ever felt or been involved with. Uh, the team was full of internationals. Um, we had various players that played in under twenty World Cups, under seventeen World Cups. You know, we were playing MLS teams in preseason games. The standard was extremely high, and I and I recognised that. I also recognised myself that I wasn't quite ready to play at that elite level yet. Uh, and and I suppose what was the, you know, how did you because you redshirted there, right? So how uh, did that decision come about? That you know, I feel like a lot of people come over here and, and aren't maybe mature enough to make that decision that they think. Or, you know, I need I need some time here. They they burn a year of eligibility straight away when when as you said they're they're maybe not ready yet. Yeah, I mean the coach said to me, "You're going to play, but you're not going to start. You only get four years to to play college soccer." And I didn't want to waste a year being a bit part player. I recognised that I was 19 years old, 139 pounds, soaking wet, <laughs> and a, a wee boy, so to speak. Um, yeah, and I knew I needed a year to develop and play alongside these players and get a good spring season in me. And it was really difficult because it wasn't what I intended to do and not getting on the field was hard. But I think my career and life panned out good, maybe because of that decision. Yeah, as I said, that's probably a really smart decision you made. And some, some big players in that team that are still playing, Dom Dwyer yeah. in the MLS at the moment. Uh, how was, you know, how was, I guess, him as a as a player, how... how you know, was he at that stage? You know, did you immediately see that he'd star potential, and uh, how was that team as a as a whole? I guess the team was very good. I mean, just following on, to, he actually came the year after Dom, so we knew he was coming. Um, so I didn't play with him, but I knew he was coming. Uh, but the team in general was very good. We couldn't beat San Jacinto at at that period of time. But since I've left, they've yeah, they've won X amount of national titles and continue to be very successful. And then from there you moved to Maplewood Community College. Yeah, I went to three different schools in three different states in three years. So you went to Maplewoods Community College in Missouri. Missouri. Uh, How how did that come about? The coach helped set that up for you? No, he didn't. And the coach didn't want me to leave, if I'm being honest. Uh, I met a friend there from Kansas City who were building a new program. I got several friends from England um, to come play in, in... Kansas City with me um, and it just came about for a friend um, and we just started to build it up and 
I went there, I was captain freshman year. We had a good team and you know, I got actually named athlete of the year that year. So oh, that was fantastic. a big honor, yeah. Uh, from then there you played you moved on to Benedictine College that you moved on there after one year or did you spend one year right so you, you decided not to not to stay yeah. and use your second year at, at Maple Woods and you moved on to to Benedictine College yeah. under our, both our former coach Rob Herringer how did that kind of recruitment process happen and I guess how did that all come into play I f- you know I recognised I didn't want to stay in junior college another year I wanted to get into a four year programme and um, you know, I've, there's a lot of schools in Kansas City at, you know, Division One, Division Two, NAI, and I started, you know, getting my name around and training with them and getting some offers. And I think word got round to to Robert Benedictine, and you know, I w- was really impressed by how he was and the scholarship that was on the table and the success that the school was having and the direction the school was going. And with the facilities, it made a you know decision very easy. And you know, we went on to our great success at Benedictine so it turned yeah, out okay. Yeah, 2012 season you guys won the conference mm-hmm. and the conference tournament right and you guys lost in the first round of the national tournament real real good success no is that not true? No 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 that's oh, sorry, 2009 oh that's was right the year, nine you know. that's not 12 yeah 2009 um, yeah we were the only team to ever win the, the conference undefeated and then in right, those okay. days you had Lyndon Wood and okay, William okay, Jewell okay, okay, I got you um, yeah, and we went to the Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah, we won the first round in, in against Ashford, and then we went to Fresno, California for the Sweet 16, and yeah, took took a bit of a beat in there. But uh, it was good to get there, and I think the you know I think it was the right place. I think we got as far as we could really that year, but we had a very good team. Uh, but I mean, how how was that? You know, obviously we've both got a lot of respect for a former coach Rob Herringer how, how was that playing under him uh, you know I, it's, when I found it there that I found it was you know immediately I got there and I thought the standard of coaching was really high so I guess how how did you find that you know yeah uh, Rob was a very good coach um, you know sessions were good and you know his, his success as a coach made us be successful as a team I think he got the most out of us um but I think, yeah, there was reasons why we didn't really kick on a bit further. But, yeah, it went well. I mean, it's tough, obviously. Atchison can't, and the facilities there are fantastic. The coaching yeah. was good. But kind of up in the middle of nowhere a bit, it's hard to... It was a tough job. A lot of people think Benedictine overachieved for years. But good, certainly a good programme and something yeah. I was happy to be a part of as well. Yeah. Uh, from there, you moved on. You you actually... So when I met you, for, for anyone that's listening, we met in San Antonio during the summer, right? Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know anything about the NAIA and you hooked me up with that and kind of, instead of kind of being done after my two years in junior college, you kind of opened my eyes to, I knew I wasn't going to be NCAA eligible and you kind of opened my eyes to possibly playing in the NAIA as an old man. Always looking after you still now. Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, So... You know, moving on, like we, as I said, we met down there. Had had some good times in Texas, San Antonio, and Austin. I guess what would you, for anyone that's back in the UK, I mean, how would you describe your kind of summertime in America? You know, compared to, you know, when guys are back home, maybe they're they're saving up for a holiday, a two week lads holiday to Magaluf or Malia every year. And how would you can, you know, talk about the little difference as a being a student athlete or being a young foreigner in 
America and how your kind of life is during the summers. I mean, I joke joke to the guys I coach now and and even to other people. I'm like, the reason why I stay in America is because of the summers. You know, is you can guarantee good weather, uh, the possibilities and the locations and the opportunities. It's great. And I know you played in the PDL and and I played in the PDL. That's a different realm of it when you get into playing for summers. But the summers where I enjoyed playing in the PDL and some of the things that probably more than I enjoyed playing college honestly yeah it was a, it was a higher level uh, I was lucky to be on the team and you know we scrimmaged friendly for the UK listeners um, you know, we would scrimmage Kansas City about four or five times a summer so we were playing against guys in 2010 and then they were going to play in the World Cup yeah um, so we weren't playing you know Roger Espinosa and you know one minute he's playing against us in the PDL and a friendly and then he's going to play against Spain in the World Cup so yeah, fantastic. great experiences yeah I, really, I love the summers and it's great and it prepares you for the season so and then how is your summer your kind of leisurely summers in places like Austin and your, your travels I think one of the great things I tell people all the time is that you know it's not a big deal it's not a big let's plan it for six months to go to Spain for a week it's yeah. oh this is on let's make a trip out there and it's you know, fairly low cost to travel around the United States and kind of more bang for your buck, would you say? Yeah, and I think there's a lot more hidden gems. I mean, you're talking about Austin and, you know, other parts parts of the States in the summer. You don't really expect an awful lot from if you've not been there or heard about it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You can get, you can, you can really recharge your batteries. You can really enjoy yourself. And you just meet some amazing people and have some amazing experiences. I mean, we were lucky enough to meet in San Antonio and we spent a lot of time on some of the lakes and rivers in San Antonio and it was just a remember great the time, time and there remember was the time we went remember the time we floated the river yeah the Guadalupe and we only floated about 30 yards <laughs> and we, we didn't just get off stayed the rock <laughs> we and didn't swam back we just swam back yeah we and me uh, our idol <laughs> yeah Matt Peterson Matt like Peterson like good lad and your mate the Jets yeah he, he took us out as well uh, so I guess like moving on from there you went and completed your master's degree at Avila University in yeah. Kansas City, right? Uh, that's where you kind of started your coaching career and you, at the time, were working for, I guess, Puma Football Club yeah. at first and then mm-hmm. Legends yeah. FC. Uh, kind of talk to us a little bit, I guess, quickly about that time in your life and, you know, what you learned there as a kind of young coach and how that's developed your kind of coaching philosophy and, uh, I guess, how that propelled you to where you are now. Yeah, um, that's a good question. So yeah, you know, following graduation with my bachelor's degree, then moved to Texas, you know, to coach and take a coach that's with right. SA United. I forgot you did that. And that didn't quite work out. And then I got offered an opportunity to come back to Kansas City with, with clubs and, and coach club. And maybe financially it was better for me to move. You moved back to, to Puma, to right? Kansas City, yeah. And, with Vlad and, and Rob. Yeah, with good Vlad, guys. Rob and Wayne Evans. Good all good guys, good yeah. coaches, learned a lot. Um, and then I was lucky with Chris Clements uh, uh, at Avila, you know, took me on as a GA. Yeah. Did the men and the women, and we were very successful, the men and women, and we really got that program on the map and maximized the wins with, with, with the budget that we had there, and it was good. I, I knew I wanted to be a college coach, I knew I had to do a master's degree, and yeah. I knew I had to go and get, you know, a grad assistant, I knew I had to go network myself and work camps and get around. and. Yeah, that really started the coaching career, so to speak. And kind of grind for two years, right? I, uh, mean, gr- I mean, yeah. You worked at Legends at the time. How many teams did you have there? 
I mean, I always say, obviously being the head men's and women's coach now, people are like, you're busy. I was like, those few years in Kansas City were the hardest years of my life. You know, we were training 7 a.m. with the college in the morning. I had four club teams. I had my own soccer camp on every Friday night I was running. Every spring break, every summer break, every Christmas break, I was working camps and tryouts for every other club in the city because I had to make ends meet, you know. Uh, yeah. It wasn't an easy ride. And, uh, it, you know, I knew it was two years of graft and... <laughs> then up, yeah. Up, yeah. I guess can it talk to us a little bit about your kind of experience uh, at the Legends Soccer Club and how you know that was. You actually brought me in to coach with them at one point. Uh, a kind of a unique training facility and, and approach to the game. You know, rightly or wrongly, that uh, whether you agree or disagree, it's been very successful. And uh, how that kind of whole experience was for you. Uh, when you went there to, to, to work as a club coach? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think what they do with the younger cage kids is, is, is amazing. The facilities they have are great and they've got a good group of coaches. Now, when you get to a certain age, do I think it's the best? No, is my answer to that. But I think at a young age and the, and the teams that they do and the, the way they express their kids is really good and there's a lot to learn from that. And it was good fun sessions um, and I, I enjoyed my time there. You I know? think Andy Barney's done a really connect interesting interesting concept there of having the indoor facilities and the ball never going out of play and uh, you know it's a lot more touches on the ball uh, you kind of said there rightly or wrongly I know I, th- I think you're kind of more of the opinion that you think you would like if you're doing it yourself you do some type of hybrid of a couple of different methods right yeah I do agree with that, yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I think it's good to a certain age, and I think that other aspects need to come and play at a certain age, and then you create the, you know, a good, well-rounded soccer player, in my opinion. Yeah, and that, I mean, football's all about opinions. Yeah, correct, so yeah. I'm sure Andy will listen to this and disagree with you, certainly, yeah, but probably. we'll get I'll get him on at a later stage to, to tell his side of the story. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, you then moved on to a couple of different head coaching opportunities that yeah. you had before you finally landed at William Penn University where you are now. Uh, how was that when you first got there and kind of tell us how you're, uh, you know, you've been very successful at William Penn, you've, you, you've done very well there in a very, very tough conference. So how has that experience been and, and, and what, what's your kind of current state of play there at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, to get there, uh, you know, after two years at Avala, it was time to move on. Um, took a head job at AIB, uh, a school in uh, Iowa, and then the school folded after a month of taking the job, which was tough. That was a, a good job and good conference with uh, a good budget that could have been really successful and had a lot of recruits in the line. So then I had nothing really, and then I nearly took a Division One job in uh, California at Pacific University. Um, got offered the second assistant position at Drake University, which is Division One men's, and then I got offered the Maple Woods head job men, and then I got offered the William Penn. So I actually ended up all right. I had a few offers, um, and then you know the will the draw of William Penn and the attraction was was something that interested me. The program was moving in the right direction. They were joining a new conference. Now getting around to that, it's been a it's a very difficult conference. It's it's fun and competitive, but you know. It's just very tough. You have six of the top 20 teams in the nation yeah. from the start of the rankings to the end of the net rankings that remain in there. And we're probably in that sixth or seventh category, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, and we've, you know, we were one win away from the school record last year. And, 
Yeah, we're hoping some... to get that this year. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, to get the school record. How how would you say you know if you were looking back at Jamie Highcock of four years ago when when you were at Avila, how would you say your coaching philosophy, temperament, style of coaching has changed in those four years? What would you if someone was looking at the outside now? What would you say they would describe you as with you as a as a head coach? I think describing me as a head coach, I think they can see I'm invested. You know, they they can see that I'm living something that I've always wanted to do and I've known for a number of years that I wanted to do. I think changes in me from four years ago is I think I'm less emotional now regarding the game. I think uh, my philosophies and ideas are clearer for my teams to follow. And I'm also, you know, realistic enough that I'm, I was a young coach then, I'm a young coach now and I'm learning and improving all the time. And now, I don't have all the answers. I learn from the good and I learn from the bad. And ultimately, I just want to be the best Jamie Hiker I can be. And yeah, you know, I hold myself do. to high standards. I hold my players to high standards. And you know, I want what's best. I want to win games as much as they do. So we're yeah. all in it together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, 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 I guess kind of, as we kind of begin to wind us down, what would you, anyone young that's you know maybe just graduating from college or is in there, I know I have some guys that listen to this that are, still playing college soccer you know what would you say the route to be you know I guess a college coach but more so a successful college coach would be you know you mentioned there a little bit about networking and and how how would you what advice would you give to anyone that's kind of in a similar position that you were when you were leaving Benedictine or when you were first starting at Avila and your kind of coaching journey it's a few things I think never burn your bridges good or bad certainly think that um what, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I think even if you don't agree with someone's opinion or you don't really understand their coaching philosophy or if, if you view them as a bad coach, you don't express that. You keep a relationship with everyone. Yeah. And I think you learn from good and bad. And I think that you, uh, you're never too good to do anything. And I think that you should, if you want to be a college coach, you need to do whatever it takes. Uh, there's people with you know many coaching licenses high up in club oh you're lucky you're in this college job like how this I can't get this I can't get that but you've, you've got to start from the bottom there was a reason I started Avila there was a reason why I worked camps all around America for a number of years Oh, and, and, just, to, and just to kind of clue people in you and I were working summer camps in San Antonio from 8 to 4 in 105 degrees heat and then for night, $290 and, a week. Yeah, and then sometimes doing the evening camp from Evening camps from six... Oh, gee, we're working all summer... For nothing. And for nothing, basically. But you do it because yeah. those experiences then, in one way or the other, shape who, who you are and it makes you more grateful. Yep, yeah, And it, yeah. it makes you very appreciative of what, of what you're in now. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned they're burning your... Not, not burning Britchards. How important do you think networking is for, for young guys and young coaches who are trying to get into the game big time uh, I would say and you know this is maybe a credit to everyone I've met and, and my family and myself I think the majority of coaches I've met would say Jamie he's a good guy I would guarantee there's not many people that would have as a person so I think being a good person can really get you far as well people say you need an edge you need this and you do need an edge yep. but you also need to be respectful and, and be polite and you never know who knows someone else um, and, and and there's a path to it you know there, there's a path to get into the, to, to where you want to be and I don't think people are willing to start at, at the beginning of the path or you know go back and maybe do something 
yeah. want to do. Like as you said, they never think you're you're too good to to do something or do anything. We're all we're all over here coaching college soccer, but you know you, you've got uh, and you've told me stories before about helping you know a friend out with a fence building yeah. business and. You know, you've got to be willing to do the dirty work and you've got to be willing sometimes to roll up your sleeves and, you know, maybe realise that, hey, you know, you're very fortunate to be in the position you're in and yeah. uh, that you've got to keep working hard. Uh, I guess we'll kind of end this by saying, by, by, you know, talking a little bit about what is your plans for the future? You know, obviously you're at William Penn right now, you're having a good time, you're, you've got no intentions of, of doing anything else but that for now. But what, where would you like to see yourself in, in five years or even ten years down the line? What's the what, what's Jamie Highcock's view for the uh, like path for the future yeah, if you could, could if you could play it out? I mean, yeah, this, this is a good question. Uh, I'm the head men's and women's coach now, so I've obviously got two career paths, two career paths that I'm enjoying. Um, you know, I do probably still enjoy the men's side of soccer maybe more than than women's. Not uh-huh. gonna lie, but I enjoy the women's at William Penn and. Uh, I've no intention of, of, of leaving that. I, I love it. Uh, I don't know. I've been introduced to international football this year, which has been really interesting. You know, I've been out to the Caribbean three times already this year. I've been to Barbados, Antigua, and the Virgin Islands, and you know, they've put some ideas and propositions towards me, and I would maybe like to explore that route in, in the next five to ten years. Um, but, you, you, like, you know, following on from some of the things you said, oh, you never know who you're going to meet. You know, I was... I've been invited to be the assistant coach of the Antigua national team in World Cup qualifying. I didn't think that was going to happen. And no, fantastic. I don't know. For if, a wee guy from Portsmouth. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, just going just to keep doing well and, and improving myself. And, you know, um, my job is at William Penn to make the program successful. So I'm going to keep doing that and keep improving myself as a coach, as a person, and expanding my network and horizon of coaches. and and just see where it takes me really but I'm enjoying it yep and if anyone's trying to any young aspiring footballers in the UK or anywhere else is, is, is trying to reach out to you how can they get in contact with you personally they should email me if uh, William Penn uh, wmpenn.edu just go coaches and my email's on there I would be happy to help anyone and that's one thing I have been doing when I've been away on these recruiting trips in, in the Caribbean I've been coaching coaches and you know, exploring the youth development education system and bringing some ideas. I do coach club soccer and I'm heavily involved in, in sport in Iowa, in, in Iowa where I'm coaching. And uh, yeah, I would like to see young coaches, young young players all achieving their goals because the next, we love playing football, soccer. Yep. The next best thing is coaching. Of course. So, you know, we all get to an age or we all get to a limit where you realise that maybe you're not good enough for the next level. But if you're willing to learn and sacrifice and work hard, then coaching can be a fantastic career yeah it can be a great it can, it can be a fantastic career and a kind of great way of life well well thanks Jamie I appreciate you you joining us today I'm sure we'll, we'll do some other podcasts with you down the line uh, maybe get you involved with some other people uh, yeah. thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of your time in Miami thank you very much alright guys nice thank you bye bye